What's up, everybody, and welcome to What the Funcast, episode 82, recorded today, June 16th. It is June 16th, already. Can you believe that? Nope. Anyways, today is Tuesday, June 16th, and this whole podcast has been sponsored in part by the PlayStation 5, because we'll get to that in a little bit. But anyways, big event this past week. Uh, we'll talk all about it and lots of other news. Well, not really lots of other news, but some other news that we'll uh, comment on for your pleasure. Anyway, I'm going all over the place. I'm Paul, and joining me is um, this guy that's got really shitty internet, and his name is? Ahmed. Hi. <laughs> My goal every every podcast, every podcast, I'm like, how awkward can I make Ahmed feel this time? You know what? I'm going to kill you. Listen. <laughs> Ask me how many times I called Spectrum this week because mm, I'm going to tell how you. How many times did you call them? At least 10. I don't know. I've lost Seriously? track. Genuinely 10. So you brought me, you opened up with the shitty internet, so I might as well just talk about my shitty internet. Um, they, so this whole saga started roughly six months ago. Four score and seven years ago. <laughs> Literally. In the um, land of Ethernet cables. My my internet like would keep dropping out randomly or disconnecting, and how to like have to restart the modem like constantly. So I'm like, all right, I've had this modem for like, you know, five years now. Maybe it's just it's it's time. Whatever. I got a new modem. Got a new oh, modem. That's right. You bought a new modem. You wasted all that money for no reason. Mm-hmm. I got a new modem. Didn't fix the issue. Cool. I was like, all right, maybe it's these old splitters that are like bringing the cable in through the wall. Got new splitters. Kind of fixed the issue, but, like, didn't fix the issue. So I'm like, cool. What if I get one long cable to replace all of the shorter cables, and hopefully that'll fix the issue. Didn't fix the issue. So I've been calling Spectrum, like, nonstop all the time. Because, like, before I would buy anything on the call, and be like, hey, what's the problem? And they're like, there's nothing on our end. And I'm like, cool, whatever. I'll just kill myself. So I finally get whoa, them. Whoa, whoa, I finally whoa. <laughs> get them to come to my apartment. And they tear out like so the the way the cable works i don't know i i was really used to like the suburbs the cable is like, underground and, and some like box outside of my old like condo that i grew up in uh but in new york city and apartment buildings the cables all go up to the roof and there's like this giant like console where all the cables plug in for you know every single apartment so he goes up to the roof and he takes one long brand new cable from the console on the roof directly to my modem there is not a single split in the line it's like one long, beautiful cable straight from the source, and it's meant really for like he was like saying it might be a little too overpowered. We're gonna have to tamper it down or whatever because it's meant for like five different houses, like five different modems. But I was like, just fucking plug it in, and he was, he looked it up and he's like, yeah, it actually fits in because there's already a lot of noise in the signal, so like this one cable should work great. Just before we started this episode, guess what happened? <laughs> My internet drops out again. With a brand new cable that was just put in two weeks ago, so I how did he how did he put the cable in from the roof like that? He like dropped it down the side of the building, and I reached out of the window and pulled it in, and then he like pulled out the old cord, and then he fed it through the hole that's already in the wall. Uh, Are you sure it's not in. damaged up top? Why would it be damaged? I don't know. Maybe birds, pigeons, squirrels, <laughs> raccoons. No, I don't know. I've been up to the roof. I talked about how I go up to the roof, and I, I've seen the cables. They're like it's pretty well shielded. Um, but it just like hangs off the back of the building. Um, but Anyways, yeah, that's a big yikes. I mean, what are they gonna? I don't know. Like, whatever. That's just how it is. So but, um, let me educate you. So copper lines like that. So that's all coax. Yes. There's more points of failure there because it's an older technology. Obviously, it's all copper. That's it's why analog. fiber is preferred, and Correct. that's why noise happens. And yeah, no, I, I'm aware that like 
it being outdoors like that, like exposed to the elements, is not that great. But it's like a really well shielded cable. Like it's a very. Where's this know. cable? Show me. Is it in your window? You can't see it here. It's in my living room. Oh, it's in your living room. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It comes I thought it was like room. in the window right behind you. No, 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 no. It comes through. Living- There's like an actual hole in the wall where it comes through, but I just had to like grab it and like put it so that he was able to feed it because otherwise it would just be like dangling. I don't know. But um. But yeah, what I'm, a wild time! All this just to get internet, huh? I'm at my wits' end with Spectrum. I'm gonna have them come and rip up the asphalt in front of the street, <laughs> and like replace all the fiber, because it's. I look forward to your next update next week. Yeah, I look forward to my internet cutting off in the middle of this episode. Anyways, how's your week been? <laughs> I'll tell you what I have not had any problems with, and that would be my internet. So, I'm sorry to tell you, um, but we have FiOS, and FiOS is fantastic. So. You know, when I moved into this apartment four and a half years ago, I applied for FiOS, and it's still in progress. So, I don't know. You don't just apply to FiOS, and they're like, mm, yes, let's build out well, the entire yeah. apartment, because Ahmed Gooey Broccoli said he'll buy some. Well, no, I've looked up the status, and it's like they're currently in negotiations with the landlord or whatever, which I'm sure is like a whole process in of itself, and getting like contracts with the city to do stuff, and because I'm sure it's not just my apartment. It has to like come to the whole block, and... <sighs> I'm exhausted. It is a process. It is indeed. But anyways. Um, what have I been doing this week? Uh, working. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Doing everything but playing video games, it feels like. But I did take some time. What did I do? Saturday morning? Sunday morning? I don't know. Some morning. I played the Clubhouse Games demo. So Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics came out um, a week ago. It's just Friday, like maybe? chess, checkers, backgammon, reverse that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, like card games. Uh, they actually have bowling with like motion controls in there, That's which cute. was interesting. Um, but yeah, so anyways, there's a demo. I went to go buy it from Walmart because Walmart has everything 20% off like by default. So every new game is always 20% off. So 59.99 games are down to, well, I guess it's less than 20% off technically. So they're 49.94. 39.99 games or 32.88, whatever. So they're always cheaper. So I try to get them from Walmart, whatever I do buy games from somewhere besides Amazon. So, anyways, I went to go buy it, and it's been sold out everywhere. Like every Walmart I went to, they said goodbye. So is it just I caved. because it's like low stock, or I think it's a mix of low stock and people are buying it. So I'd imagine like the first Clubhouse games on the DS was super successful. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one is too. Um, but anyway, I was kind of annoyed by that. But it is what it is. So caved i ordered it from amazon or um from target i gotta go pick it up so i got five percent off with my red card so but anyway i did try out the demo the demo was fun and i played president uh the card game it's like president um this little race card game um connect four which they call like four in a row or something like that yeah and then there's one more game that i can't think of anyways i didn't play it because it didn't look like it was for me so (laughs) But yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I played President, and I played Connect Four, and the racing game was weird. But yeah, so it's gotten pretty good reviews, um, fairly good reviews for what it is, and there's a lot of cool games in there. So Lauren likes board games. Well, I should say card games like that a lot. So she like wants to play Mahjong on it. I don't even know how to play Mahjong, but then there's like Mancala's on there. Um, so there's all sorts of games. So anyways, we'll get that. Uh, the demo was fun, but I did finally beat What the Golf. So What the Golf ended up taking me... I don't know, what seemed like five or six hours, I think, was the total timer. So I think it was like almost five hours. So the game is a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. It's one of those very easy like pick-up-and-play games. It was a mobile game. It came out exclusively for Apple Arcade um, and then ported over to Switch. So highly recommend it. It's a $15 game. A lot of fun. 
Um, but yeah, uh, a little ode to all sorts of games, both new and old. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I've booted up Animal Crossing a few times to like check what's in my store, but I'm starting to fall off slowly but surely. Um, which stinks. I wish they would add more content sooner to keep me in because like I caught a lot of the bugs and fish and stuff. So I don't know. And um, we played a little baby bit of Overwatch, I think, uh, in this past week. Yeah, I think for maybe like an hour or something. Yeah. So then, and that's pretty much all I did. I have a bunch of PC games I want to play. There's um, obviously The Last of Us comes out on Friday, so I want to play that once it comes out. So yeah, there's just not enough time in the day. There really isn't. But um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't been too on my game either. Um, I haven't played Animal Crossing since I don't know. It's been maybe like two, three weeks now. Um, but I'll probably play like right before the end of the month to make sure I get all the bugs and fish if there are any expiring at the end of this month, which I think there like might be a few. Um, Ahmed said, "Hello, my name is Ahmed. It has been 14 days since I picked up Animal Crossing. <laughs> it has. It feels so long. But um, I mean, what have you been doing? Tell us. Oh, sorry, what were we gonna say? I was just gonna say I. I don't know. I mean, none of my neighbors are gonna move out until I boot it up, and they're like, "Well, I'm leaving now," and then I can be like, "No, you're staying," and then everything's fine. So it's okay. But um, yeah, I don't know." My internet disconnected, by the way, so if things are Woo-hoo! weird from this point on, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll try to mix it so that's nice and smooth and that it's not noticeable, and you're like, what are these guys talking about? Everything sounds great. Anyways, um, you were talking about neighbors leaving and not leaving. I, I don't yes. even care about my neighbors. How, how's that? Wow. I literally haven't. I think I let one of them leave. I can't remember. Oh, no, yeah, one of them came in. Plucky came in. It was like Lauren's favorite. She came in to my island because she left one of our other friends' islands. I can't remember who. But, yeah, anyways, she came in, and I'm like, okay, go off and do your thing. <laughs> go off. Become um, a pop star or whatever y'all want to do. Yeah. I I had Billy come into my island, Billy the goat, and oh, no. then he immediately left. I replaced him with someone else. Someone was at the campsite, and we're like, I want to move in. I'm like, all right, sure, Billy can leave. I don't know who Billy is. Um, Billy. But, yeah, besides that. I'll, I'll log in and get some fish or whatever. But um, in terms of what I have been playing, I have been continuing my Last of Us Part 1 replay. Um, I am now approximately two-thirds of the way through. Um, I, I just made it to, like, the fall season, so we're, like, in or near Wyoming or whatever. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, that is exciting. How I mean, is it? Good? It's really good. It's a little frustrating. Like, some the one I was just talking to you about this, um, the sniper sequence is really annoying. It's like when you're trying to leave Pittsburgh and there's this house at the end of the road with a sniper in the window and you have mm-hmm. to sneak around, but then he has, he has all these like minions that are, you know, walking around. So you have to kill the minions, but also watch out that you don't leave any line of sight. Cause as soon as you get into his line of sight, he like one shot hits you, um, yeah. which is annoying. But, um, besides that, it's a lot of fun. I still, you know, I'm super excited. It still feels like a game that just came out, like, you know, this year. It doesn't feel like it's seven years old. Um, it's really it's good. It's crazy. Those games age very well. Yes. Especially what considering it, it's remastered. And look, so what else have you been doing besides The Last of Us? Um, just watching um, Avatar, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm like, what the hell is ATLA? Anyways. Yeah, Avatar Air- wow, The Last Airbender. Uh, I'm like... He said The Last... Wah! <laughs> like seven episodes into season three um it's really really good so far or i mean it's it's gotten even better than before like the first season it's like 
it's good, but it's, like, kind of silly, and you're like, oh, it's whatever, it's a kid's show. And then, like, season two is when it really starts picking up, and then season three, you're like, we're in it now. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, I fully plan on rewatching The Legend of Korra after this, because when I first watched it, I obviously had no context of this show, so I didn't know, like, any of these returning characters. It's just like, oh, these are new people, haha. Um, so I'm excited to watch it now with the context. Now that I've kind of forgotten what even happened in Korra, but I'm excited. Yeah. Should be good stuff. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got some news here, um, and then we'll roll right into the big kit and caboodle here about the PS5 and a couple other small ancillary items here. But let's jump into the uh, the hot tater tops, is what you're calling them now? Yeah, that's the new the new phrase. Ah, okay. We're going to shake things up. Oh, okay, yes, June 16th. Let it be known. <laughs> the hot tater tops are in the oven. <laughs> so we'll call this segment the... Uh, Everything is delayed slash things are going online segment. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So um, why don't we uh, why don't we cover the first? Uh, you want to cover the first one? Sure. So they all tie into each other. They're all sad news. I wouldn't say sad. Just that's the true, reality. Actually, eh, that's I mean reality. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so San Diego Comic Con is officially going online with what they're calling Comic Con at Home. This one comes from HeroicHollywood.com. For the first time in our 50-year history, we are happy to welcome virtually anyone from around the globe, said SDC, SDCC spokesperson David Glanzer. Uh, Though stay-at-home conditions make this a very difficult time, we see this as an opportunity to spread some joy and strengthen the sense of community. Um, Comic-Con at Home initiative will still feature aspects of the traditional convention, such as an online exhibit hall offering promotions, specials, and limited edition products. Uh, in addition, Comic-Con at Home will be host to exclusive panels and presentations related to comics, gaming, television, film, and the convention uh, that the convention has been become known for. Um, that's not all, as Comic-Con at Home will also have a masquerade, gaming, and other activities for attendees to participate in. Um, they're apparently even going to let you print out your own little badge so you can wear it and pretend like you're at the con, which is kind of cute. I saw that. Yeah, that is. And then, uh, last but not least, Comic-Con at Home is officially set for July 22nd to July 26th. Um, attendance is free. San Diego Comic-Con will provide badges. Oh, I just mentioned this. I just print out. Um, but yeah, uh, this should be fun, I guess. I don't know what panels they'd be able to bring, considering it's totally free and obviously you know, bringing any kind of talent on. Um, would have to be like, you know, them volunteering. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if we're gonna get like, you know, the kind of major announcements that we're used to for San Diego Comic Con, but um, I don't know. Should be interesting. Of note, this is actually the same weekend as the Tomorrowland Virtual Music Festival, which is one of the first, I guess, the first oh, music I festival. Oh, forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. It's the first music festival that's been, you know, during this quarantine that's actually gonna charge for tickets. Um, which is kind of divisive among the the EDM fandom, but I don't know. Could be interesting, but I'll I'll tell you what. I think that we've been very fortunate to get a lot of uh, different sets that have been free. Yeah. So I'm kind of okay. Did they say anything about like any of it going to charity or anything like that, or no? They haven't said anything, you know, about any charities, mm-hmm. which is why I'm kind of skeptical. But it's apparently going to be like kind of a multiple stage experience, kind of like. Um, the like what WW did with like the whole like virtual like lasers yeah. and stadium whatever so it's like going to be a big production i guess um but we'll see and it's apparently going to be around 20 euros so like 20 ish dollars um but honestly I, I so seeing the lineup for that i'm okay with that i i don't know it's yeah you know you know it's kind of sad you look at it not to really dwell on like depressing things but 
it's like, what do you have to look forward to? Like, you can't. Like, there's <laughs> what else no, are you going to spend the money on? Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, to look forward to, like, set times and, like, turning on the TV at a certain time. I don't know. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. I as guess exciting the, as things are right now. Right? I guess my main concern is that it's obviously European-based, so I'm worried that it's going to be, like, daytime hours. It's like, ooh, the sets start at 10 a.m., and I'm like, mm, on Saturday? I don't know about all that. 9 a.m. <laughs> Literally. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, besides that, uh, PAX is also going online. I guess this just kind of segues right or directly off of um, San Diego Comic-Con if you want to take this one. Sure. Yeah, so PAX West is going online. This one comes from Engadget. Uh, so PAX says that, well, I should say Engadget says, due to the impact of COVID-19, PAX West won't be going ahead as an in-person event in Seattle this year. Digital replacement PAX Online is on the cards instead. It'll run from September 12th to September 20th, and it'll be entirely free. There'll be three streams running nonstop throughout the entire event, which will include gameplay, panels, concerts, and competitions. PAX Online will feature esports tournaments, and you'll be able to download some game demos to try at home. There'll be some surprises in store, along with some new and exciting stuff. In quotes. So, yeah, I mean, with this and San Diego Comic-Con, I, I, it's interesting, because as we start to get into the PlayStation 5 discussion, it's there's a lot of, a lot of discussion around the climate of the world, and the fact that it's a next-gen hardware cycle year, and it's just, and it's an election year. I mean, you think about, think about where we'd be right now, right? You'd have both candidates putting up rallies and going state to state and trying to campaign for their votes, right? Because now that we officially have the two candidates, um, you'd have, right now, June 16th, we'd be in the peak of, like, E3 leaks, We'd be in the peak of E3 press conferences. We'd, we'd, have an we'd be in the press conferences. E3 was supposed to yeah. be this, this week or last week, right? That, that, last that's week. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we would have a Nintendo Direct. We'd have a PlayStation conference, a Sony... Jeez, uh, uh, I said both of them already. <laughs> Xbox conference. So all of that would have been happening by now. We would have had at least more of an idea of like at least the games that are coming out to Switch for the rest of the year because right now we don't really know. I mean, there's, there's nothing outside of Paper Mario coming out in July and it's like, okay... Not so much for the Switch being a problem. The main problem is that PS5 and Xbox Series X come out this holiday. What is that defined as? We don't really know. It's June. I mean, I remember when we were at uh, E3, the one year we went, and that was the year that the Xbox uh, One X was announced, and they had like the blowout view of the of the system and everything. Really exciting, newish system. Smash Brothers was the big uh, announcement for, uh, or not Smash Brothers? Sorry, that was uh, the year the Odyssey came out. Odyssey yes, was the big Odyssey. announcement, yep, um, and that was the big, uh, the big thing. And Splatoon two, and there's a lot of excitement around E three. And I was, and, and we had talked about. It. I was like, oh, well, should, well, should we come back next year? And we're like, no. And that was Smash Brothers year. And then it was like, but would be really cool to come during the year of a next gen hardware announcement or a release, which would be this year. And unfortunately, E three is obviously canceled. And even before it was canceled, Sony had pulled out of it, so it didn't really matter. And Nintendo is. You know, it was up in the air and, and whatever. Not that it all matters because it all got canceled anyway or postponed. However, you want to look at it. But so I think that bringing packs online, bring Comic Con online, hopefully will bring some normalcy to a lot of these announcements because the PS5, excuse me, presentation set records, right? Because you've got people that are sitting at home, they're working from home, they got off work early, and they're sitting there and they're watching this. It's exciting. It's something to look forward to. It's something to get excited about, and there's not a lot of that in the world really right now. Movies, movie theaters are shut down. Movies are kind of in disarray, as we'll talk about momentarily, and it's just 
from the entertainment point of business, it's it, there's not much going on. Everything is in limbo. I mean, you want to talk about week-to-week, month-to-month slip, everything is in a month-to-month slip. I mean, games, I don't think we've seen the full effects of COVID with games because people have been able to work from home. And really, there haven't been that many games that have slipped. I mean, The Last of Us slipped about a month, which was pretty good, and that was because of the physical printing that they couldn't do uh, due to the delays from China. So that's understandable. And then we saw some minor delays in some other games by a month or two, but... We haven't seen the slip of consoles, which I still think is entirely possible. But as of right now, they're trying very hard to make sure that does not that excuse me that does not happen. So yeah. it's I hope that I hope that the Nintendos and the Microsofts and the Sonys of the world really go in on some of these events to showcase what they have and and show put up some advertising. I mean, there's not much of anything right now, and obviously with families on budget constraints from being out of work because of COVID, it's going to be a tough starting point for these systems. But what I think we've all noticed is that people will find money for entertainment because that's the one thing they have to look forward to. You've got, you got to buy your food, you got to put a, a roof over your head, and then your next thing is some form of entertainment. And if that's not at the movies, it's going to be video games. And we've seen that with switches flying off shelves and really every system is flown off the shelf. Yeah, and I mean, if we if we ever see a second wave of stimulus checks or, or whatever, because I mean, like not to dwell too much on this, but it's people keep talking about like, oh, the second wave of Corona. We haven't even gotten out of the first wave yet, to be totally honest. But if, if it keeps going like this, we're probably going to need a second wave of stimulus checks. And I remember seeing like speculation about how, how politicians are trying to politicians are trying to introduce like a, a vacation stimulus to like, you know, kickstart traveling again and tourism um but obviously i don't know if that's gonna ever pan out but i wouldn't be surprised if people save a lot of that to to put you know towards home entertainment um and i think we're we're both very lucky and a lot of our friends i guess are 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 very lucky to have you know invested in home entertainment as much as we have in the past uh few years (laughs) so that we're you know i don't know i'm never bored when i'm at home i have plenty of things to do um, yeah, planning to watch, planning to play. But um, what I wanted to mention about about Comic Con and PAX, completely unrelated to to that, is how they're running these for free. Um, San Diego Comic Con is a not is a nonprofit, which I didn't realize at all. Um, I knew it was unaffiliated from New York Comic Con. I knew it was completely different. New York Comic Con's run by Reed Pop, but I did not know that San Diego is nonprofit. So I'm just wondering, like, how they have the funds to do this. Um, PAX, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're a nonprofit or not. But how are they have like how are they doing these things for free is is my I'm thing. sure I'm sure there's a lot of sponsors that are willing to go in on it um yeah. you know what let's see I guess yeah when when you have the guarantee of so many eyes looking at things that a lot of you know advertising partners and whatnot I'm sure Sony and Microsoft and you know I don't know if Nintendo really participates in these kind of things but maybe um are, are you know gonna put in a lot of advertising dollars to fund these but um but like they Nintendo would do so anyway. was that yeah, Nintendo's uh, Nintendo was at PAX East, yeah, and um, they had a pretty large presence at PAX East, yeah. And I guess there there is a lot less overhead in terms of cost and for, like for physical space, um, you know, renting out those giant convention centers and having to fly multiple people out and whatever and materials. Like I'm sure that all is you know kind of the brunt of the cost of these events. Um, so now that it's all virtual, they don't have to worry about that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's still interesting to think about. Especially when a festival like Tomorrowland is trying to charge for it, but I don't know. I guess maybe that hopefully the money's going towards like the designers and whatnot that worked on on these virtual stages. But 
And obviously the artists, but, you know, a lot of artists yeah. are volunteering their time, so I guess we're just kind of used to that. And I don't know. Interesting, interesting stuff is coming, and we'll see how, you know, how New York Comic Con handles it, and, you know, if this goes on for much longer, how, how other festivals and conventions will not handle it, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll I guess see. we'll see. So kind of shifting gears into the movie industry really quick. Um, we talked, we touched briefly on movies are all shooken up. So Tenet, Christopher Nolan's newest movie, was supposed to release on the 10th anniversary of Inception on July 17th, um, which was supposed to be like a huge deal, and it was supposed to mark the reopening of theaters and like kind of test the waters for how movie theaters would reopen or what movies would look like, you know, in a post, not even post, in the current COVID world. Um, but that's not happening anymore. It's now, it's not even been pushed back too long. It's been pushed out two weeks. So July 17th was like the original normal, um, you know, date. It wasn't, uh, that wasn't a delayed date, but now it's officially been pushed back to July 30, uh, 31st, 37th. <laughs> Anyways, 37th, July 31st. Um, so this one comes from the verge, uh, wonder woman 84 and Christopher Nolan's tenant are being delayed as studios grapple with when they can start releasing their biggest movies in theaters around the world. Tenet will now open on July 31st instead of the 17th. It's the second delay for Wonder Woman. Uh, actually, it's not the second delay. It's like the, I don't know, I was just pulling delay. up that thing that I sent you this morning. <laughs> yeah. This is so, like cursed. So this it's one of the latest of delays for Wonder Woman 84, um, which was originally slated to premiere June 5th, then August 14th, and now October 2nd. But I think, Paul, you have a little bit more in depth about when it was actually supposed to come out. So, for the record, it was supposed to come out in November of 2019. Yeah. Then it was delayed to June 5th. And then uh, on March 24th, it because of everything going on, they delayed it to August 14th, and then which was taking the release date of Malignant, and then it was then pushed out to October 2nd. So, okay. so like November fourth. to June to August to October, yeah. It's basically almost a full year at this point. Yikes. Um, very interesting. But what hasn't been delayed, so I, I don't know if they were planning on already doing this on July 17th um, alongside Tenet, but um, what they're doing in lieu of that is they're actually going to, um, for theaters that are open, because obviously some states have kind of reopened and, and theaters have started to reopen, um, to quote, to acknowledge Chris's fans, we uh, and as we count down to Tenet's opening day, we are also excited to offer his masterpiece Inception in theaters for its 10th anniversary on July 17th. Um, so that's interesting. I wonder if that's kind of just like a placeholder and they're going to use that to test the waters of how theaters operate. Because I don't even know if the theaters that are open, like, what are they playing? What movies are even I think Tenet is, uh, is going to be in trouble because what I could see happening is that you'll have, like, literally three movies in the theater, one of which is Inception. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I think people are desperate to do things, but I don't know if they're desperate to go see Inception again. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Tenet itself will be in trouble as a result of people not wanting to, like, I mean, realistically, it's, it doesn't have any competition. Um, it doesn't, but you're, but. you have to remember your movie going audience, there's still a lot of people that are still nervous to leave the house. I'm looking at one of them. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's me. I'm not going to a movie theater anytime soon. Exactly. I've actually seen a movie and, since we... And hold on. So you, since we saw Onward. Yeah, so no, since well, since we watched Underworld, but yes, Onward was the last one I saw in theaters. Oh, in theaters, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, but you're someone that would go see all of these movies, right? I would yes. go pick and choose, but you're an avid moviegoer. There are a lot of people like that that are not willing to leave the house. Yeah. So I, I do think that these for movies the people are in trouble. That, 
yeah, for the people that are comfortable leaving their house, which I feel like there are a lot of those in states. I still that think it is reopened. a small subset of the vast majority. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And I hope that's the case because obviously we want this pandemic to end. We don't want the people to keep going outside and being stupid. Yeah, but, but um, you also think the capacity of the theater is going to be less too. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like, you know, every third seat or fourth seat or something and like every other row. Like it's going to be way, way less. Um, on top of, like on top of theaters that already have a low capacity anyway, like the Dolby theaters and the IMAX theaters with like upgraded leather seats or whatever, that's already limited capacity. So I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see. These movies will essentially be kind of testing the waters of what to expect from the coming few months. Um, to continue quoting this Verge article, I, th- I just thought this little tidbit was um, interesting. So Nolan's Tenet wasn't just the uh, one of Warner Brothers' biggest movies of the year. It had sort of become a litmus test as to whether Hollywood studios could start releasing their films after facing a series of delays brought on by the pandemic. Disney CEO Bob Chapek cited Tenet, um, referring to it as a competitor's film, as the movie that they were planning to watch as it opened a week before the company's previously delayed massive live-action remake of Mulan. Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish, why is everyone named Bob? <laughs> um, added, Bob, Bob, Bob. Added in his company's earnings call that he was hopeful by the time SpongeBob SquarePants was set to open in early August that movie theaters would be back in full swing. Mm, that's a stretch. I don't know about full swing, but we'll I don't see. about no full swing either. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I maybe know. you'll have, like, you know middle of nowhere wyoming movie theaters are open fully but like until the amc in times square reopens i feel like that's like the benchmark of like things are back to normal and i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon but anyways speaking of movies and kind of rounding out our our, this hot tater top section um oscars 2021 have been delayed uh three months just to kind of allow because no movies are happening um to allow for the eligibility window to be a little bit longer um, so this one comes from IGN. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has officially announced that the 93rd Academy Awards has been postponed two months, shifting from February 28th to April 25th, 2021. Uh, Academy President David Rubin and CEO Don Hudson said in a statement Monday, For over a century, movies have played an important role in comforting, inspiring, and entertaining us during the darkest of times. They certainly have this year. Um, our hope in extending the eligibility period and our awards date is to provide the flexibility filmmakers need to finish and release their films without being penalized for something beyond anyone's control. So, first time in the, in their you know ninety plus year history that they're ever doing this. So, pretty it crazy. It's just so crazy. There's so many things that it's like for the first time in eighteen thousand years, and it's like okay, <laughs> literally, not to be dramatic, but let's be dramatic. Yeah, I I think this is the right move. Obviously, I mean we're we're talking about it, right? So if Tenet doesn't open when it's supposed to, then you know it's going to be one of those things where there's not there's going to be limited movies to to for the Academy to kind of give awards to, and it's going to be a very half-assed and I don't know. It's just yeah, I mean like I what know. big movies happen this year? Birds of Prey, Onward. Yeah, no, that's I about mean, it. it. <laughs> Like, it's funny because when you talk about those movies, there's like a story behind all those. Like Onward got totally gypped, even though it wasn't the greatest movie. Like that's a movie that you know I don't know, I think would have done a lot better, and I don't even know how it did with Disney Plus with it going straight to Disney Plus. Well, I guess straight to digital and then to Disney Plus, but I I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely in terms. I don't think box office numbers are are a valid critique of that movie at all, given the you know the climate around its release. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It just, Literally, it was in that, theaters that for, be, what, two weeks? That would be my luck. I would work 10 years on a movie, and then a pandemic would hit. <laughs> right? <sighs> but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I don't, I don't know if Disney would ever, like, 
because it's hard to measure the success on Disney Plus. Like, do you just measure how many subscribers they got ever since they put it on? But like, yeah, you see know. if like subscriber numbers go up, subscriber counts go up, or you know, I'll tell you what is really a crime. What? Bath and Body Works have their semi-annual sale, and they've excluded soap. <laughs> that is mean? a crime. Why did they do that? That's all. It's in the name bath. Like, what do you take? What do you do when you bath? So well, their soaps are, are selling well because everybody's buying hand soap. So they're like, Ugh. "Hmm, what if we don't put them on? Don't sale? put it on sale because it's still gonna sell." Look, what else do they sell besides soap? Candles, candles, lotion, uh, air fresheners. <laughs> I was uh, say you're like hesitating. That's all they sell. I don't know. There's other stuff. I'll but pull up my email. It's like soap and like a bunch of different kinds of soap. There's like scrubs and like, like bath, moisturizing soap, and like <laughs> moisturizing soap. It's like just different categories of soap. Here we go. Ready? Select items 50% off. Select three wick candles. Body care. Single wick candles. More body care. (laughs) So there's two other (laughs) items. Oh, my God. Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer Uh, is on sale. Wallflowers. No, it's not. Oh, oh, that's the excluded item. It's literally. No, I said hand sanitizer. It says back in stock. Spread love, not germs. Anyways, I hate you, Bath and Body Works. When I need you most, you do me dirty like this. Ugh. They try to pass off this four for twenty or six for twenty six sale, like their hand soaps are actually on sale. Those things were like two fifty a pop at one point in time. You know what soap is good? Method soap from Target. That soap's good. Highly recommended. Yeah, you probably can't find that either. You definitely can. I got it off Amazon actually. I got a I got a, a six pack of them for like ten bucks or something. Anyways, you got, you got Target branded soap from Amazon. Not tar- it's not Target branded, but like oh. they prominently sell it at Target. Like you can find okay. Method anywhere, but I feel like the first place I ever saw it was Target. I Anyways, personally use, I personally use Karen soap. Uh, Karen moving on soap. to the hot tater tops in the gaming space, we've got one little baby article here that's kind of not so baby, and then we've got the big Kahuna. You so, could call it the hot gamer tops. I'm sorry, go on. Oh well, you had your chance <laughs> and you messed it up. I ruined it. It's fine. All go right. on. So a new Kingdom Hearts game was announced, and it's probably not what you were thinking. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory uh, is coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, Square Enix comes from... Oh, sorry, excuse me. This article comes from IGN. Square Enix has announced Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, a rhythm game coming to Switch, PS4, and Xbox One later this year. The announcement trailer shows Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory in action, and it looks to feature character designs and gameplay that is similar in form to Square Enix's Final Fantasy... Theater Rhythm... <laughs> Yeah, the- theater rhythm. I think it's theater rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because all those times, all these years, I've been like theater rhythm, and I know that that's not right. But then I'm like, wait a second, they wrote theater and rhythm together. Anyways, I went through a moment. <laughs> you really so. Did. Uh, the Japanese trailers, uh, so IGN goes on to say the Japanese trailers showcases not only Sora, Donald, and Goofy, but Riku, Kairi, Hercules, Aladdin, and other fan favorite characters from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Uh, what's interesting here, and I did watch the trailer, it looks pretty cool, um, I kind of like rhythm games, and I love Kingdom Hearts, so it's probably right up my alley, uh, what's interesting here, though, is that the Kingdom Hearts, uh, IGN goes on to say, the Kingdom Hearts 2020 trailer also shows a glimpse of what Square Enix is calling Kingdom Hearts series second phase, which is Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, which is the DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, some nonsense mobile game, and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. There are also two empty spaces, which could be a new entry, Re-release on Nintendo Switch, next-gen ports, or really anything. The second phase is in like kind of the second 
phase of games like the tri- the original don't trilogy even, is over and don't now even it's like, try to understand kingdom hearts it makes no sense whatsoever it really doesn't so i was gonna say if it's like the second phase the dlc is part of three so like come on is that really does that count yeah who knows i well i'll tell you what i saw a bunch of articles that were like new kingdom hearts game announced and i was or kingdom hearts announced for switch and i'm like hold the phone which once again i wouldn't have played kingdom hearts one probably again maybe i would maybe you know in my discretionary time that i don't have but it's like it's good to have the security of knowing that if i went on a vacation or whatever i could play kingdom hearts if i wanted to um just just to know the knowledge this this podcast has become a exclusively video game buying podcast but not playing honestly that's been the mood since 2014 2014 Um, i love it speaking of this gigantic list of games that I will probably buy and not play. Well, except for, like, maybe two. Um, so, PlayStation, obviously, had their event last week, uh, last Thursday. We watched, we live-tweeted, I live-tweeted, live-blogged, whatever, screamed. Um, this was, as far as virtual game events go, like, when it comes to directs and Xbox events and whatnot... Um, definitely one of the best. Um, it clearly was what was supposed to be their E3 presentation, um, just made virtual. Uh, it looked great. It was super slick. It was well put together. It had a good flow. It, the you know they kind of teased the hardware throughout. Um, which speaking of, I'm sure if you're listening to this by now, you've probably seen the hardware. Let's just get this out of the way. It's ugly. I'm not happy about it, but I'm gonna buy it. Like, that's not going to make a difference in whether or not I buy it, but it's ugly. It's very like, futuristic looking, so they really took a a big leap forward. So, I was reading a bunch of articles that were like, PlayStation systems have never looked generally, like, standard, right? Think about PS1. PS1 was um, pretty, I guess the PS1 was pretty standard, but it had, like, a, a weird design with a disc tray in the middle. And then um, you move on to PS2. PS2 looked like... A DVD player, and then yeah. the PS3 looked like a spaceship or a grill, I guess, as some people used to <laughs> call it. It looked like a grill. And then um, the PS4 had that slant to it. It was like, oh, it looks like a whatever, like a diamond almost shape. A rhombus. Um, a rhombus. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Well, actually, no. Rhombus is, is equal on all sides. This would be a parallelogram. Sorry. Now. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so if you notice, though, someone drew the conclusion of. The PS5 has the same color scheme as the PSVR. That is true. So it is taking design cues. I'm sure the design team that worked on the PSVR design, um, you know, had a hand in this. Uh, but I don't know. It It does look... I When I saw the comparison, I was like, oh, wow. It, it really looks like Eve from WALL-E. <laughs> like, it really does. Legitimately. It's the, like... I wouldn't be surprised if on like their mood board when they were designing it, there was like a giant picture of Eve, and they're like, "Yes, that." Um, oh my god! I'm more so concerned about the size. So it is like the largest, or at least the longest or tallest, whatever console that we've seen. Um, there's like a comparison picture where they kind of use uh, the disc drive or the disc slot size to you know see how it compares to other consoles. It is well longer or much longer than any other console so i'm like genuinely concerned about it but it's in my thinner, entertainment center it's thinner than the xbox one x so the xbox one x is definitely wider yes it's so thinner. the disc um, drive so obviously i mean we're jumping all over the place here but they announced a ps5 with a disc drive and a ps5 digital version with no disc drive yes so the disc drive looks very much like an afterthought like yeah i could see them 
and I'll probably I'll probably eat my words on this, but I could see them eventually, like midway through the cycle, ditching the dis, the disk drive altogether, and just going fully digital because it's very clear that the design was meant to be all digital with no disk drive. Yes, it's nice and symmetrical digitally, and the all digital version definitely looks better. Yeah. My only hesitation for jump, making the jump and going all digital. So obviously the disk drive exists for like people in, in, in Europe or, or in remote parts of the world where they don't have good internet and they need disks in order to install the games, you know, quicker. Um, but for us, we have great internet. My hesitation is that a lot of games just happen to go on sale um, on digital or on physical, you know, physical versions go on sale more often than digital versions. Um, that and sometimes games come with like cool steelbook cases and I'm not going to buy a steelbook for a game that I can't install. Um, I don't know. It's something to consider. Who knows? I haven't made my mind up yet. But we also my main concern prices, is, right? so. will this fit under my TV? <laughs> like, literally, I do not know if it'll fit in the slot. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, so the other thing is, too, is that in the past years, Walmart specifically has, like, during Black Friday when they have their games on sale, they have had the digital versions on sale as well, which has been nice. So that gives me faith that even if... You know, you're looking at a Black Friday sale, and 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 you know a PS5 game is on sale. That the PS5 digital version would also be on sale. So, I don't know, something to think yeah. about. I guess I'm Pony more so up speaking MSRP for, my, for everything. You know what? Maybe I will. I'm more so thinking about I guess like PC games never go on sale, and those are obviously all digital. They've been all digital for a while now. So it's not like I'm not used to being all digital, but it's it's much harder to find a game being on sale in that respect. Um, so I guess I, I never realized that the digital versions for consoles would also go on sale at the same time, but I don't know. That is something to consider. <coughs> I'll tell you what, Nintendo has adapted very well to like online store sales where they had no sales ever. <coughs> Excuse me. They had no sales ever for like Wii U or 3DS or very like spotty sales. Yeah. And the Switch came out and they started doing sales and now their sales are like really good. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's it's definitely been a change of pace, despite the fact that the eShop is not the greatest. I like got this YouTube video recommended to me where it was like the eShop sucks, and I was like, how does it suck? And then he went into it, and I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. Compared to other <laughs> stores, it's really hard to navigate and find things. But um, it really is. But yes, they have have definitely improved uh, their sale game, given that like a lot of first party titles are on sale, and I feel like that would never happen in the past. Um, no, it would not. Yes. So that all said weird router looking eve system out of the way shall we jump into the actual event sure got a few things here so you watch this live but like not really you're kind of working during it yeah i i I, so i i timed everything so i'd be able to get off work by four and then watch it and then things didn't work out that way so of course i started to watch a little bit of it and then uh towards i ended up rewatching the event afterwards so um i did catch all the announcements um but yeah so I thought it was very interesting that they started with this GTA 5 announcement. So they have a very healthy relationship with Rockstar, if that wasn't apparent. Um, and they obviously announced that, you know, GTA 5 is coming to PS4, uh, excuse me, PS5, and that uh, GTA 5, GTA Online is going to be free for all PlayStation 5 folks. And then um, they're actually going to be giving, I think, a million GTA bucks away every month leading up to the PS5 launch. Every so, month? Every Anyways. month, yeah. So it's going to be going into, uh, it'll be coming out for PS5 in 2021, and I think they announced that it's going to be like a remastered, upscaled version? Yeah, they're calling it officially the enhanced and expanded version. So the uh, the GTA Online map is apparently changing a little bit, um, and 
things are going to be a little bit, you know, look a little better because this is genuinely like a 78 year old game that hasn't seen any remasters or updates since. Um, so yeah. yeah, it should be interesting. It will be interesting because they've announced that Fortnite is obviously previous to this. They did announce that uh, Fortnite is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. So yeah, I don't think that's a Not shock surprising. to anybody. Um, no. But yeah, it was. It, this was definitely the weirdest part of the show because they started off with this and I was like, mm, what? And then they said, just kidding. Now here's the real beginning. And they showed oh the teaser for Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And when I tell you that the show could have ended right there and I would have been happy. Um, so this is going to be a, a standalone game, not an expansion, um, but not, you know, not a DLC to the original. It's a standalone game kind of in the same vein as Uncharted Lost Legacy to the Uncharted series. Um, so it'll likely be, you know, kind of around that $40, $50 price point or something like that. Um, but super exciting. Obviously, it's, you know, the same engine, I'm assuming, as the original Spider-Man games, but focusing, um, you play as Miles Morales. So it should be super, super fun. It, I mean, the teaser looked great, but didn't really show much of any like, gameplay or anything like that. So pretty early announcement, but should be exciting. Do we know? And do we have a release date? it's coming holiday 2020. Oh, it is coming holiday. Okay, perfect. Never mind. Yeah. I was just going right, to say. That was right in the trailer. So that was like the hook, line, and sinker in the very beginning. So this show overall was very well paced. It, I mean, you had Jim Ryan, the, uh, the head of, uh, head of PlayStation come out and say, you know, you know, big, you know, big, uh, dreams and aspirations for PS5. And then it was like, let's let our games do our top, our talking fade to black trailer, 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 a little bit of developer commentary mixed in there, all black backgrounds and all the speakers. It just was done very, very well. Yes. Um, and Spider-Man Miles, Miles Morales truly broke the internet because nobody thought Spider-Man was coming that soon. But there have been all these rumors saying that, hey, the next Spider-Man game is coming a lot sooner than you think. People were like, okay, you don't know shit. And then, <laughs> and yet, those yeah. people said, we know shit. That is very exciting and absolutely a reason to buy you know the PS5 right at launch. Um, at least for me. And I know for you too. Um, I know Spider-Man was like our favorite game of the year. Yes, that game was 2018, awesome. 2018, right? Yeah. 2018. Yes. We, yep. Um, but yeah, uh, and then next up they showed Gran Turismo 7, which, you know, it's Gran Turismo, it's racing, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I think we talked about this last show, this was leaked out by, uh, I'm looking here, this was leaked out by a, uh, race car, race wheel, racing wheel accessory company, where it was Did like, oh, I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it, uh, whether it was the last show or the show before, in one of the shows, we talked about it. I can't remember which one. But sure, I believe you. Yeah, either way, it was leaked out. Uh, there was a rumor around it. Um, and, yeah, so it's true. Not a big surprise there. Uh, it's a racing game. Big surprise there. I I, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about racing games, but I know you kind of like them a little bit. But I like them, but not Gran Turismo. Like, I grew up, and I loved Gran Turismo 1 and 2 just because they were, like, you know, the coolest games at the time, coolest racing games at the time. But... Um, I don't know, it's, it's much more transformed into now, like, real-life racing, where you, like, do 40 laps around the same track, and I'm like, mm, I'm tired, this is a video game, let me do, like, a fun yeah. flip with my car. Literally. Um, so I'm more like the burnout kind of games, where, you know, I'm yes. doing, like, tricks and breaking stuff, and... Yeah. But... I mean, Forza Horizon is kind of like the middle ground, where it's, like, realistic, but it's still silly, it's fun. Anyways, yeah. moving on. This was a really cool uh, announcement. Do you want to take this one? Sure. So, you know... It's funny because you we I, I spent a lot of time watching all these predictions or listening to a lot of prediction uh, podcasts and people were like okay 
if they had this and this, that'd be great. But if they had this, 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 and this, it'd be great. And nine times out of ten, they had this, 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 and this. So, <laughs> you know, so, okay, so looking at the show, we had GTA Five, Spider-Man, Gran Turismo 7. Pretty cool stuff. Nice to see Gran Turismo's coming. People like the, the showcase game for their new system. Great. There's always going to be a racing game to showcase the power of the system. Then Ratchet and Clank comes around the corner. A rift in time. Um, and it's like, okay... Great, a new Ratchet and Clank. You're happy, you're excited. Then you see, you kind of like, there's times when you don't believe in a technology until you've seen something. It's like when you have have you don't believe in VR until you've actually played it. You've played like Resident Evil 7, for instance, in PSVR. Or whatever that may be, or Super Hot, or some like flagship game that you're like, oh, I get it now. So Ratchet and Clank, for a lot of people, including myself, I'm like, ah, that's what they're talking about with the solid state drive and the loading times and... I mean, so the whole thing around Ratchet and Clank is that they're going through different rifts in time. So Ratchet would literally, like, open up this rift and jump through it, and he'd be, like, in a dinosaur area. And then he'd, like, jump, open up another rift and jump in, and he'd be, like, back in the major city. And then he'd, you know, go back to the dinosaur land or whatever and get, like, a flying, like, pterodactyl and then open the rift again and then fly back into another area. And it was just, like one after another after another with no loading times whatsoever and they actually did do a gameplay demo of it showing the rifts right and that's it was like it was truly wild and i think that we're going to see a lot more games like this where you know sony is showing off what they can do and i think that that's how they're going to try to set themselves apart from the xbox because xbox's their approach is hey we've got backwards compatibility hey, every Xbox One game is going to be compatible on Xbox Series X. Xbox Series X games are essentially going to be, like, upscaled Xbox One games, whereas Sony is like, no, this is a generational leap that we're taking, and these are the games that you're going to play on the system. Yeah, so, which is kind of much more exciting, I think, whereas Xbox Series X feels like just another iteration on Xbox, and it's great, it's more powerful, whatever. This, like... This Ratchet and Clank in this form literally is, you know, was not possible before the PS5, um, and like their super fast SSD. Um, their SSD is faster than like, you know, the most exorbitantly priced PS or PC SSDs. Um, like it's truly insane. Like yeah. this is genuinely it's, the future. It's truly, truly crazy. Yeah, and and that's where it really sets itself apart with um, the NVMe uh, expansion slot in the uh, Xbox Series X, which is interesting, but it's just, I don't know. It's very, it's, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how it all pans out because you have the expandable storage slot with the Xbox Series X, and then it's just, there's just different things. I think that there's an expandable storage slot in the PS5 as well. Probably. I don't know. It'll be very interesting as we get closer to launch to see you match them side by side and you see what the true differences are between the two of them. And you see what each of them are, you know, what each of them can do, and what are Xbox's flagship titles that they plan on launching with the system? Is it just Halo? Uh, is you know what do so like what we're going to go through here is the huge slate going out to 2023 on some of these games. That's just confirmed, right? And there's some of these games that will say, oh well, when will we see more of that? When will we see more of that? And it may take two or three years just because the game is so early in development. But it's they didn't put a real time frame around all these games, but. It's still super cool to see what they're working on. Yeah, and we—I mean, obviously, we're—we haven't seen what Xbox is working on first party yet. The Xbox 2020 event should be happening later this month. 
um, where hopefully we'll see a lot more. I don't know if it's going to be this month or maybe next month's show, but hopefully we'll see a lot more of what they've been working on, you know, in the Xbox studios um, and what they can compete with. Because this I was kind of the pressure... Sony putting all of their cards on the table. But yeah, this this event put so much pressure on Microsoft and Xbox. It's for just... sure. For yeah, sure. We'll but see. yes. Okay. So yeah, we've like. We've been talking about five minutes or for ten minutes about like the top four things, but we have so much more to cover, so kind of have to jump a little rapid. There's a here. lot of there's a lot of stuff in here where there's it's like not as exciting as the first couple. So once again, they kept good pacing where it was like people are like hyperventilating over two games, and then now it's like okay, look, there's also other, other pretty cool stuff. You don't know it, but it's pretty cool. Yes. Um, so the next thing was Project uh, Athea. Athea. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's from Square Enix. Um, it kind of almost looked similar to the Unreal Engine demo. I was like, wait, is that what this is? But obviously it's not, because it's Square Enix. Um, oh, but it's yeah, a new... remember that? Yeah, it looks... Um, so it's it's a new IP, exclusive for PS5, um, but it's coming in 2023. So this is an extremely early... I mean, obviously we don't have the name yet. Project Athea is definitely a code name. Um, but I don't know. It looks cool, I guess. It's interesting that they decided to show it, but I guess they wanted to, you know, really show all of their cards. Um, and then another... And then there's, you know, a whole bunch of kind of new new game announcements which i can kind of run through real quick here before we get to next big one i don't even know what the next big one would be but shall we just yeah jump through so yeah so stray was this game like about a cat like a stray cat um what did you put annapurna in here for it's uh produced by annapurna which i thought was interesting because they're a movie studio or a movie production studio um but they also do games which I didn't realize until just now. I was like, "What, really?" Um, but they oh, have okay. done. Um, they've done games like uh, "What Remains of Edith Finch" or whatever. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Those kind of like smaller games. So this is, I think, one of their first like big kind of seemingly AAA titles. Um, they did Outer yeah. Wilds, not Outer Worlds, um, as well. So gotcha. So there's stuff. a few games like that that are like these little developers that are now doing something bigger. So. Uh, we'll get to that here shortly. So then, hardware details were kind of went over. You know, we went over hardware details where, yeah, it's going to support ray tracing. It's going to support super uh, solid state drives. It's going to, um, you know, whatever support 3D audio, all X, that stuff. Yeah, all, yeah, whatever, all that good stuff. So uh, stuff that we've heard from uh, Mr. Cerny already. Mark Cerny went over that on his technical presentation. So yes. then we have uh, Returnal, which is a roguelike alien game. It seems. And yeah. this is by Housemark. Housemark is the developer behind Resogun and Super Stardust games. So, talk about a small, you know, smaller games and doing something a lot bigger. This like took place in space. It looked very interesting. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens it's there. Definitely, like it's not you know when I say roguelike, I immediately imagine eight bit side scroller. It's not that. It's like an actual kind of. I don't know. The trailer made it look like it was like straight out of you know Interstellar or Gravity or something. Um, but that like is the person. first thing I thought of was gravity when I saw yeah. this. Yes, it's like this you know astronaut that just keeps dying and repeating the same thing. Um, I got a lot of like annihilation vibes that sci-fi movie as well, like trying to discover what's going on or something. Like keeps dying and reawakening. So should be an interesting concept that looks interesting at least. Um, and then this one, yeah, I don't know sure. if this came out of left field or if this was previously even hinted at. Sackboy, a big adventure. Yeah, from your did. friends at Little Big Planet. I've never played a Little Big Planet, so I have no idea. Yeah, so this is totally different. Uh, Little Big Planet's a creation game, whereas this looks like a platformer game. So, okay. which is pretty cool, taking the Sackboy property and 
uh, why well, I, I should say the Sackboy from the Little Big Planet property and turning it into his own game. So, gotcha. We'll see. I mean, it, this almost gives like Astrobot vibes, kind of, where it's like this weird platformer with a character that you kind of know. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, but definitely then, looks interesting. It does. I I didn't realize that Little Big Planet wasn't um, originally like its own, like that it didn't have its own like kind of story mode. I thought it was more so like. I don't know. It had like a mini story mode, and then you can also create new levels. I don't know. I don't know anything about Little Click Planet, but I think it kind of had like a like a how to create story mode kind of. I don't remember. I haven't played in so long. Who knows? Um, but then next, this is a new IP, I believe. Destruction All Stars kind of looks a little bit like Burnout meets Rocket League, where you know you're just a bunch of characters driving these crazy cars and smashing into each other and breaking things. I don't know. Looks like it'll be a fun kind of online multiplayer game. Um, and then we got. Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which almost looks like a Pixar movie in motion. Um, I thought it looked really good. Uh, it's from Ember Labs, which I'm not sure what they've done in the past or whatever, but uh, looks really good. Up right now. Kind of got the vibe of Raya and the Last Dragon, which is Pixar's you know upcoming movie, um, and that's kind of where I drew the connection between Pixar. But it definitely had that same animation style or art style, um, and looked really good. It's Disney's upcoming movie. Oh, it's right. It's not a Pixar movie. Damn, you're right. Fair. You got me there. <laughs> you like put your uh, finger up, and I was like, "Am I in trouble? What did I say?" You are. What are they? Hold on, Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Now, some of these games are multi-platform. One thing to note there. Yeah, I wasn't sure which was which, and I there was too many <laughs> to go through this list and try to figure it out. Um, Ember but, Lab. I think they're a newer studio or something like that. I think they're yeah, they're previously they a movie are. studio. I think is what it was. I, I I vaguely remember the developers coming up and being like, "Yeah, we're like a tiny movie studio, but this is our one of our first games or something like that." Yeah, CEO Josh Greer said Emberlab was a boutique studio specializing in character development for animated commercials. There we go. Okay, what? well that makes sense. <laughs> it comes from Engadget. There you go. Okay. Um, so yeah, times. I mean, it looks good. It looks really good. Cursed. This next one is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's cursed. Maybe it's cursed. Goodbye Volcano High um, from Co-op Studios comes out in 2021. Uh, it's a kind of... I don't want to say furry. I'm not going to say furry. It's like Dinosaur High School. Um, I don't know. It gave me kind of a little bit of like Life is Strange kind of vibes. Because it has like a very serious like tone of... I don't know. Just like teenagers in high school going through extreme drama. But who knows? By Life is Strange vibes, you mean anime vibes? No. <laughs> like, just, I don't know. Life is Strange had a very, like, serious tone. But this one had a serious tone, but with dinosaurs. I don't know. And, and mm. mainly in terms of, like, art style and atmosphere, not in terms of story. I don't think, you know, you're going to be able to It looks very strange, time. in my opinion. It, I mean, I'm probably never going to play it. So, whatever. That's fine. No, you're never going to play it. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh... Mad Max, but aliens? I don't know. I have no idea anything about what this is. But the developers are also called... You know, you, have you never heard of Oddworld? No. Am I supposed to? Oh, Oddworld, yeah. It's part of the Oddworld... Um, what the hell is it called? Uh, like, there's Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, Oddworld... Um, there's a whole bunch of games, so it's a franchise. Are they, like... Like, there's Oddworld New and Tasty, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, Stranger's Wraith. Oh, wow. Okay, um, okay, It okay. came out initially. I remember yeah, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. it came out Odyssey. on the original Xbox. 
this was so like... So it's interesting because yeah. it they used to be exclusive to Xbox, and now they came made the jump over to uh, PlayStation. I Yeah, seeing the cover art for Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, I like got extreme flashbacks to like this old Xbox catalog I had. Um, yeah, that was like advertising all the cool games you can get for Xbox, and I was like, this one looks interesting. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. Got it, got it. Okay, um, and then Bethesda's next game, Ghostwire Tokyo, was shown off, and this actually looks kind of cool. Um, I don't know. You like save? You're trying to save Tokyo from Slenderman, it seems, um, but also like a bunch <laughs> of other like mythological or mythical monsters, whatever. Um, I thought it looked really cool. Uh, it seems like kind of like less of a horror game and more of like an action maybe like action horror i don't know um it's definitely got them anime vibes that <laughs> you're always going on about but i thought it looked interesting um and then jet the far shore from super brothers so super brothers had that mobile game that is like always on the top of the list of like you know best mobile games or whatever it's like super brothers sword and sorcery ep or yes. something like that which is like super old um so this was kind of a, a big change it's called jet the far shore it has kind of a similar art style i guess um it just looked very epic the trailer is very like you know slow uh rising strings whatever like it was a big movie trailer um but it's coming this holiday 2020 so it should be interesting um and we saw some more footage from godfall which was previously confirmed for coming for ps5 and it looks fine um kind of just looks like a generic you know hack and slash whatever you know that takes place in ancient times i don't know um it kind of gave me it reminded me of that one game what was it rise or something total something or rome i don't know one of those games rise son of rome yeah that one (laughs) where it was like teased to be like and you're like wow this looks so cool and then it came out everyone's like and this was just fine so i feel like that's gonna be the same um the same tier whatever um yeah i don't know this this game it's yeah, it was like the first game announced for PS5, and they tried to get some splash off of that, and then, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it didn't really look that great in motion. Um, and then, I don't know anything about this next one, if you want to, if you know more. I genuinely have no idea. Solar Ash? No, I don't. Okay, well, good. No, I don't. <laughs> so, Solar Ash was announced. Apparently, it's a sequel to Hyperlight Drifter, which I don't know anything about this. My roommate knew, and I just took the note down, and I was like, sure, yeah, of course. Um... He might be wrong on that it being a sequel, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Solar no, Ash. I'm pretty sure he's right. Oh well, there you go. Good, good for him. <laughs> I'm happy that I wasn't spreading out false information. Um, yeah, yeah, it's no, from I, the Hyperlight Hyperlight Drifter developers. Okay, yeah, it's also Annapurna Interactive, so there's something exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know much about this game. It had a very interesting kind of monochromatic art style, which I guess looks cool. Uh, coming in 2021. You know what you can get Hyperlight Drifter? Who? The Humble Bundle for Racial Justice. Bundle. Oh, it's it includes in that? Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, okay. There you go. Yes, it is. There you go. Um, yeah, so there's a Humble Bundle for 30 bucks. All the money goes to, uh, you know, Racial Justice Charities. And you get, how many games is it? Like 70? Something crazy? I don't know. It's a lot of games. I don't know if it, it's not, it's not 70. It's, uh... $1,200 worth of games, books, and comics. Oh, and uh, It comics. doesn't okay. say how many games there are exactly. Yeah, but it comes with, like, Jackbox, Party Pack, Volume 4, Hyperlight Drifter, Baba's You, 
Spelunky, Bioshock, 75 items. Go check it out, uh, Humble Bundle. Yes. All right. Um, and then we saw a reveal for Hitman 3, which I had talked previously about how my roommate was playing Hitman, or, you know, Hitman 1 and 2, um, the new ones, and how they looked really great. Um, so he was super hyped for this, and I'm kind of hyped for this because I do want to play those games uh, and then give this one a try. And then I wrote UI reveal because it said, like, you know, they showed a little screen where it's like, press the PS button to continue, which looked like it would be like the, you know, the main screen when you're turning on the PS5, but they didn't show anything beyond that. So that wasn't nearly as exciting as I wanted it to, but then they showed Astro's Playroom. So currently when you buy a PSVR, or I guess when you buy a, a PS4, um, you get the Playroom, which is a free kind of tech demo of all of the things that you could do with PSVR. Um, but in lieu of that on a PS5, apparently you're getting astro's playroom which is based on astro boy um it comes free with every ps5 so when you have the psvr hooked in you can play it uh and it looks kind of interesting it looks like it'll just be you know kind of a tech demo show you show off psvr nothing too deep um but they haven't announced any new ps no this will this will show off this will show off the features of the dualsense controller oh is it not a psvr thing no oh i'm boo-boo anyways whatever (laughs) it'll show off the features as far as i saw at least all right, cool. Do you want to take these next few? My voice is like giving out. <laughs> you chose this life. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sweating. Little little devil inside. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I don't remember seeing much of this. So this one, I know you were saying it looks so cute. Um, it, it's kind of like in. I don't want to say inside out, but it's like you're inside this person's body, and like, I don't know who you are. Or I'm, maybe you're playing the role of like the immune system or something but you're like fighting off like hordes of enemies and there's like this one there's one uh showcase or not showcase, part of the trailer where um the man like climbs down a rope in this giant hole and like drops a bomb and then it zooms out and like the person whose body you're inside is just like pooping on the toilet so it's like oh that kinda, yeah it's cute it looks like it looks like it'll be good it's very um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand that, and I didn't see much of it. So, that's cool. Looks interesting, I guess. Um, based on your feedback there, we'll skip right over 2K21. Uh, that was a big NBA reveal for 2K21. Looks super realistic. Uh, they had a player from the Pelicans on that talked a little bit about it. Uh, Bug Snacks, which was a very interesting game from the developers of Octodad, Dadliest Catch. Uh, this one is like it showed these little like. Um, these little strawberries with little googly eyes and like this little guy that like ate them and then like grew like strawberry arms. I don't know. It was weird. It looks interesting. It gives like real Pikmin vibes. Um, but I don't know. We'll yes. see. Um, Demon Souls remake. So Shuhei Yoshida came up and was like, "This one means a lot to me." And then like cut to black, and it's actually a remake of Demon Souls. Uh, Demon Souls was originally a PS3 game. Uh, obviously, that is now being remade for the PS5 and remastered as good as you can possibly imagine it looking uh it looks pretty wild so um that you know for people that like souls games then you know this one's for you for people like us we don't really play souls games so um good for you i guess right so <laughs> anyways looks super cool looks really nice uh death was the next one that was announced uh this is a new action fps from the dishonored team this looked really cool i thought um and it it's like it looks very much dishonored like uh with i don't know just looked i don't know what the right word is not like cartoony but very colorful almost like cyberpunkish 
So yeah, it kind of had like the uh, old, it looks very interesting, like Hollywood movie kind of vibes is what it seemed like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then you could like go back in time and rewind it, which hence the name Deathloop. Yes. Um, so this looked really interesting. Developers from the design, uh, sorry, developers uh, being on the designer team, uh, which the developer Arcane Studios. Yes. So it looks it very cool. Uh, then Resident Evil Eight. Resident Evil 8 Village was announced, uh, and this was kind of a one out of left field, but I guess maybe we didn't realize this has been, like, rumored slash leaked for a while, so... Oh, was um, it? But I had no idea. Yeah, I, I don't... I was like, okay, I didn't realize that. Um, apparently, it's coming to Steam first in August 2020, and then at launch on Xbox Series X and PS5. I did not know that. Yeah, um, the trailer, like, while watching it, I was like, wow, this looks a lot like Resident Evil 7, haha. <laughs> And then the title comes up, and it's like Village, and you're like, okay, interesting. And then the letters, obviously, like, the, yeah, the that V was pretty and cool. the whatever highlighted, and you're like, oh, there we go. So Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, should be interesting. Um, yeah, then Pragmata was also announced. This is uh, another game from Capcom, so they went through and showed off this game. It was like this weird, like, that, I don't know, this one was really strange. It was like an astronaut with, like, a kid... It almost gave, like, Death Stranding vibes, kind of, with this, like, holographic cat. Yeah. And then they, like, went into, like, space, or got sucked up into space, and then they, like, fell through this weird, I don't know, I don't even know what the hell it was. It was weird. But apparently it's coming in 2022, so you had a lot of time to worry about it. (laughs) Exactly. You have a lot of time to figure out what's going on. Just like you had a lot of time to figure out why Death Stranding, um, why Norman Reedus was pregnant. So. Oh, my God, please. And then. (laughs) And then. Last but not least, I'm mean, trying to talk about this game. You haven't played the first one. Get out of here. I didn't. I was just gonna. I was gonna segue into you. I was like, this is all for uh-huh. you. Ahmed is a fake and a fraud, and has never played Horizon Zero Dawn. He has the game in his possession, still hasn't played it. <sighs> Disgusting, right? I know. Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll get him soon, boys. Um, so Horizon Forbidden West was finally announced. This one was probably the worst kept secret known to mankind. This of all things leaked out. Uh, didn't really leak out, but there's a lot of insiders that are like, hey. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is coming. So, uh, Horizon Forbidden West was finally shown off, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it's picks up right where the first game left off. I won't give any spoilers, but it really... I, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. So, um, it looks like... There's a lot of talk about it being called Horizon 2 uh, Forbidden West, but then it looks like it's just called Horizon Forbidden West. So, um, Horizon Zero Dawn was hands down one of my favorite games on PS4. Uh, you really need to play that in bed. You should stop I know. playing The Last of Us, games you played already. As soon as I finish The Last of Us Part 2, I will play Horizon Zero Dawn. You have my word. So the setting for uh, Forbidden West is literally in San Francisco. So it's... If you look, there's actually an article here on Games Radar that shows like how San Francisco was Horizon-ified. So really <laughs> cool stuff. Horizon-ified. <laughs> So this was obviously coming from Guerrilla Games. Uh, no discussion on, you know, when this is coming, but hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. But I imagine this is probably a, a 2021 uh, game holiday or summer game, if not later. So uh, hopefully this will come soon, though, because I'm really excited for this one. Um, and then, and we got the hardware. And then we uh, we pretty much covered this already, but they showed off the hardware, yeah, which yes. looks like a cursed Eve flavored router. <laughs> it looks like those so. Netgear modems from 2005, with like the little blue balls in the middle. Oh my god! 
Um, it looks anyways. like those videos of like we've seen the PlayStation Seven, and here's what it looks like. <laughs> it does. It looks like concept. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you know we'll get used to it. I don't know. Maybe it's it's not a final design. I mean, it is final, but they did still have the like thing like design can change at any time without you know notice. So it's not going to change. This but is yeah. unless it's, like they've gotten really good feedback or bad feedback that the design is disgusting and ugly, like worse than just us. They're not going to change. Yeah. So what they did announce though is they did announce the the PlayStation Four or PlayStation Five, excuse me, uh, version with the disc slot, the one without the digital version. Um, and then they announced a controller charger, and then they announced a pulse headset. They announced an HD camera, which I thought was interesting because there's no headset. So it's like, okay, are you going to use that camera for the headset, or is that just for streaming? Because the way they posed it was, you know, it's going to be for streaming. So um, interesting interesting to see that there's no mention of a VR2 yet, and I'm sure that's probably yet to come. But I'm sure the camera we'll also is required for VR when it comes. So. It's probably, like, preemptive that they're just... Like, it, and it'll work with, you know, the original PSVR, probably. Probably, I would hope. Yeah, um, my hope is that the PSVR 2 will have cameras built into it. That is also my hope. But, well, yeah, I guess I was thinking about how the controllers would be picked up, but they would ideally be picked up with that camera as well. So, anyways, yeah, that about covers it. I think we are both very excited for this, if I... I don't think I'm speaking out of line by saying we're both probably going to get this at launch. Um, super, yes. super exciting. Unless times. it's seven hundred dollars, then I'm not. Well, then yeah, we'll see. I don't. I I highly doubt. Price has not been announced yet. Official release date hasn't been announced yet. But I am predicting that it will be, um, you know, at least five hundred dollars for the base model and six hundred dollars for the disc model. That's my. Uh, I'm going for four fifty, five fifty, four fifty for digital version, five fifty for disc version. Interesting. Maybe actually, you know, I revise my thing. I think it's five hundred for digital and five fifty for um, for a disc because I don't think disc slot costs that much. I don't think they're. I think they need to. Well, I could see that happening, and then there's a very limited supply of the disc ones. I guess what yeah you're trying so, to offer the incentive know. for people to buy the digital one right but I don't know correct yep we shall see it so, is a 4K anyways. a 4K uh, ultra HD whatever Blu-ray drive so maybe it is a little bit more expensive than I'm thinking but yes we shall see obviously we report it as soon as we find out now that we are officially I don't know 14 some minutes over our regular hour. Um, and we're both sweating because it is hot and humid in the in the northeast. We will let you go. But this has been episode 82 of What the Funcast. Thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. Stay safe out there. Until next time. This is Paul Nauman signing off. Peace.